The NFL has forced us to get into a very important discussion of alternate helmets. Oh, and week four and all of that. You know, this is The Push-Off. Welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. And I'm your host, Scott Hogan. Joining us as always, it's Dan and Tua shook his brain like a bowl full of jelly. Right. <laughs> yes, that's right, Dan. Well, there's there's uh, so many different places you could start this week. Um, we could start there and uh, that game is going to be highlighted of course and moving forward um damn that was how the week began thursday night uh but also i brought up the alternate helmets and there's there we got a good look at some of those well it's (laughs) in that game specifically uh man those fucking white tiger helmets i don't know what it is but you you were a big power ranger fan i'm probably not a big power ranger fan but you know them i remember of the power ranger sure uh the freshest of the Power Rangers was the fucking White Tiger. Was that Tommy was probably, the White Ranger? Yeah, because there was there was that Power Ranger that kind of kept going from there. That was probably the limit to where I paid attention. Then it was like oh, aged out. Same. I, there was. Yeah. I remember the first five. I remember when Tommy came in as the Green Ranger. Green and Ranger. And I remember when Tommy Green was the, redeemed as the White Ranger. There was and, like a movie around that point. You yeah, know. It, it was the first time that I had seen a man really rock epaulets. You know, he, and I was like, okay, maybe I can, okay. I, I think I actually did start wearing like shoulder pants, <laughs> like a little right. bit, you know, I wanted a little pop on the shoulders, you know, he broadened my chest out. Uh, nice. But this, and it's funny cause it's like, oh, he's the white tiger, you know, that all that styling. And then you watch these bangles and you're like, you know what, this, we talk about black for black sake, kind of annoying both of us. Yeah. But this Which is gonna... white for white tiger, the white <laughs> Bengal tiger. I was like. This is not only thematic, it's appropriate, and it's fucking fresh looking. Yeah. I I loved everything about the White Tiger uniforms. It was I'm very glad that they uh, did that. That that was a very nice addition, and it's probably you're right, the best one that we see this year. Uh, this week alone, we also saw, like you said, there's a black for black sakes, but we saw black saints helmet mm-hmm. uh, in the London game. The black commanders, which is an alternate helmet for their Junk. new look. <laughs> and the uh, throwback giants. Now, I love week. the throwback giants. That's classic. It was nice. It, it just felt nostalgic. Yeah. Right. Uh, still to come, Black Panthers, Black Jets, Black Eagles, a black with red undertone Cardinals one, uh, orange Bears, red Texans, a white and a throwback Cowboys. Your team gets two. Well, I think uh, it's the white is the throwback. No, no, there's two different types of helmets for the really? Cowboys this year. That I did not know. On top know. of their normal one, yeah. Cowboys are the only ones that, that have that, too. Patriots throwback and Falcons throwback. So I'm excited because we got the start of it this week, and I love the alternate stuff. Oh, it's great. And we talk about those helmets as an accent piece. Think about how dumb the fucking white Bengal uniform would have looked with the standard Bengal helmet. Which they'd done. 
But right? it's dumb. <laughs> no, it was, yeah. They did it, it last year when they had the road uniforms was white and white. They had to still have the orange helmet and you're right, it doesn't didn't look right. They uh the yeah, the alternate you know, shell rule, which is something I've brought up on this show a lot because I was very excited when it finally got repealed. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons the Bengals white helmet is one of the reasons why I think they did it and why I was excited for it. Yeah, so it fit perfectly. I mean, you know, it was even a little weird when you saw like on Burrow's pouch on his front, he had the the B there with it was still the orange B that is the logo. <laughs> yeah. You know, even that was like, huh, kind of weird, stands out. <laughs> yeah, it's real pop. But uh, I loved it too. Yeah, I thought that was great. In fact, the uh, Black Saints one, kind of, I thought it was going to be one of the worst ones, but kind of won me over by the end of it. I was like, all right, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, you know, the Saints didn't <laughs> didn't look good in those uniforms, but the <laughs> uniforms look good. And then you you weren't a fan of the uh, the black spandex commanders, the no. all black. It just it looks. Somebody said the best. Uh, take on it was this is a fucking uniform you make for a create a team like it <laughs> yeah. really is yeah, like was. there's no style there's no panache there's no artistry to it it's just like put them in black yeah. like it's not even Which your will, fucking colors it feels like we're gonna see that yeah on a lot of different teams now too um but anyways that was my that's my helmet stuff we got all games again this week Bye weeks starting, I think, after next week after week five we finally get bye weeks in week yeah, six coming. so Let's get going. Let's get through them all, Dan, as we like to to touch them all. Um, Game of the week this week. Which one do you think it is? We haven't even discussed it, you and me. Oh, that's true. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I wish it was Cowboys. I'd love to talk about that game forever. (laughs) Uh, I think it just makes sense that it's Minnesota, doesn't it? Oh, that would be nice of you. No, I don't think that one holds the weight that the Bills-Ravens do. Uh, That's very true. Put that one first. I um, see. I the reason why I was going to say, you know, maybe give it to your Vikings a little bit is because Buffalo. We'll talk about it in a second. Had a bit of a collapse. You know, no one had a collapse in your game. It was a nice back and forth. Kind of. Yeah, it was a nice back and forth in that game too. Yeah. Um. You're right. This one. Well, you're saying Ravens had the collapse. Ravens right? had a collapse. Yeah. Yes. And and that's kind of becoming a thing that we've seen from the Ravens. Geez, they did it to the Dolphins too. Yeah. Um. Both their losses. Right, because they're not too. Yeah, both their losses were. We're going to come out firing, take a two-score lead plus more, and then yeah, completely fall apart because they were three to twenty lead right before the half. The Bills sneak in a touchdown there with seconds left, so it's ten twenty, and then all of a sudden that's wiped out. It's twenty all late third quarter. Well, so this game was yeah i mean ravens didn't put any more points in the second half the big change for me was that was in the dolphins game the offense didn't go away you know it was it was a little throttled down but it didn't completely disappear in this game the buffalo defense made major corrections and the the ravens offense couldn't get anything done um still with that significant of a lead you got to be able to fucking put your boot on the throat man and mm-hmm. this is too. The Ravens would be four and zero this year. They'd be four and zero, and we'd be talking about them as one of the premier teams in the NFL. But their defense has collapsed twice against a good Miami offense and against a really good Bills offense. Granted, right. but you wanted to see a bit of a shootout in this. The fact that the offense disappeared in the second half worries me because the offense is talented, and we yeah. talk about you know first half is scheme, second half is talent. 
But where was the offense in the second half? They disappeared entirely. Mark Andrews was completely a non-factor in this game. I love uh, everything you're saying about the Ravens here because I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm still super excited about them at 2-2. Two and two. I go, well, it must be who they played. I go, yeah, but they couldn't beat who they played. Bills, Dolphins, yeah. that's the top of the AFC. If you can't beat them, then what are you doing? You know, so I agree with you. They got J.K. Dobbins back going this week, two total touchdowns on the ground, but Jackson turned the ball over twice, and both times to Poyer, who was a big addition. He's oh, yeah. been missing in Buffalo's uh, secondary till this week, I believe. I mean, Micah Hyde goes down, Poyer comes back up. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, your thoughts on the Ravens' to- choice to go for it, fourth and goal at the two. They had all those opportunities to get in, but it's still super close. You play to win <laughs> the game. You okay. play to win the game. That's what you do. You've got to try to punch that shit in. It oh, makes okay. total sense to me. Everybody's saying it did. They didn't. The choice meant that they had no faith in their defense. No, of course not. Because you could have kicked a field goal, kicked it off, and then said, "Now come beat us." Kind of. Sure. It it had nothing to do with that in my mind. It had to do with would you rather tie a game and give Buffalo a chance to win it on a final possession? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather push them to make mistakes? Like, yeah, go win it here. Go win it here. Do your best to win it here. Then give it back to the defense. Have your defense, instead of playing field goal prevent defense, play touchdown prevent defense, which is much, much easier to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I get it. I'm I'm right there with you. And you could say, well, we don't trust our defense. You could say to the defense, hey, get this fucking ball back for us now. You know, we've got you buried, buried in that side of the field. I talk about how long that drive was, though. 14 plays, nine and a half minutes taken for the Ravens to get there and still sit at fourth and two. I mean, I guess at that point you're like, it's got to be a touchdown or else kind of thing, or you're like, we better come away with something maybe and kick the field goal. I I mean, you've also really body-checked that defense. You know what I mean? You've really Mm -hmm. bodied that defense up. That's Ten minutes on the field is a lot of time for a defense. You've got to be thinking, hey, we'll break them here. I know they've had a, you know, they've really rolled their backups and had a nice, uh, nice goal line stand here. But let's punch it in. Let's punch it in and kind of demoralize. It would have been, it would have been a boot to the throat, and that's what I appreciate. I appreciate you going for the boot to the throat. Okay, um, Bills get a roughing call that on a first and fifteen that wipes it forward. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, but then they play it super smart there at the end. Except Oe tackles Singletary at the two-yard line. Every other Raven is pissed, kind of upset at that point. Like, what are you doing? And they're telling him, you know, you should let him score. And then the Bills obviously don't score on purpose the next play. I didn't know if Singletary was going to try to get in or not. Um, that was just very interesting. You know, the Ravens wanted them to just hurry up and score and not run the clock all the way out. But that's what they do to kick the 21-yard field goal for the win. I mean, it makes sense to let him score because you've, that's the only chance you've got. At that point, you're right. just going to sit the fuck down. So I see the stress, but you also... It's very difficult to force a man another three yards when he doesn't want to go three yards. Yes. Yeah. So Pick I, him up and just carry him in there. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. So, um, yeah, I mean, the defense can be as mad as they want. They should have stopped him at any of the previous 60 fucking yards. You know, that's what they didn't do. They didn't stop him any of the 60 yards before that. So... I I know Buffalo or the Ravens defense wants to bristle at this and let them let them be fucking mad about it. 
I'm not as crazy negative about John Harbaugh's game management at the end here. He has a tendency to be a little bit more aggressive than most coaches um, and follows that philosophy of play to win the game. So I, I can't fault the guy, right? You can't you're fault the guy for trying it. at Harbaugh as Marcus Peters was. No, not nearly. But Marcus <laughs> Peters should be also mad at Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters did not have a great game in this one. Um, let's continue on. We got so many more to hit. Let's talk about the Jets win. Jets beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Dan, you picked it. I did. Um, congrats. I did not see it coming, but Zach Wilson's back. Uh, touchdown, two interceptions though. Uh, both to Joyner and one of them, I think was a, like a hail Mary at the end of some, well, no, I'm thinking of the other game. Anyways, Trubisky as the story of the game here being benched in the first half for finally here comes uh, Pickett, Kenny Pickett. He runs in two touchdowns. He throws three interceptions, but he uh, it's Kenny Pickett time is here. Uh, it was 10-6 Jets at the half, uh, and Jets take the win with the last minute touchdown at the end. So we talked a little bit about Zach Wilson not having a great game, and statistically – he did not have a great game. His fourth quarter, on the other hand, was yeah. godly. It was a yeah, phenomenal fourth to, quarter. Right. And and that's the thing. You know, the <laughs> it's funny to me the ESPN rating for him is like a fifty three QBR. <laughs> but in terms of fourth quarter sexiness, like I don't know what it was, like, you know when Lamar went back into the locker room and took a poop and then came back and was great. Or when Rodgers sure. went down with the ankle injury and came back and destroyed the Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure somewhere between the third quarter and fourth quarter, Zach Wilson went back to the locker room and fucked somebody's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he was and like, this Bah-. is the Zach Wilson we get. Yeah. He's like, power! So I, you know, that's really what it is. It's like a Highlander taking a, a head. You know, it's someone uh, drinking the blood of the young. Zach Wilson <laughs> fucks the... <laughs> sexual organs of the older uh and that's how he gets his power and that's fine and that's what needs to happen there needs to be a harem of milfs lining the jets <laughs> tunnel in the fourth quarter and you'll get production like this from zach wilson every time whatever it takes it just makes sense because they're finally going back to um the last you know star quarterback for the jets and all of the women and that's uh Namath, right yeah so. <laughs> joe willie joe willie baby um let's talk about the steelers they moved to kenny pickett you, we've been saying they need to do this. Um, everybody's and they're they're going to move forward with them. They picked an interesting time to do it. I think we were both saying during it was like, well, when you're losing to the Jets at halftime, you got to do something. But moving forward is what I want to talk about. What Kenny Pickett has to face next is oh, at Buffalo, uh, home against the Bucks, at Miami, at Philadelphia. Good. That's the next four games. That's uh, October for Kenny Pickett's uh, start in the NFL career. He's not going to have a great time. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> you know, it's You want to give tough. the young guy some uh, some confidence. It's not going to be there. Not in those stretch. Sure, but I mean, you know, I don't know why Kenny Pickett wasn't starting before this. Like, Mitch Trubisky looked like dog shit all year. He had to have looked like dog shit in training camp. It's Mitch Trubisky. Of course he does. <laughs> I will say this. Once again, we talk about statistics. As much as Zach Wilson's wasn't great, but his fourth quarter was phenomenal. Kenny Pickett has a bunch of interceptions in this game. Almost none of them were his. Like, one of them was his fault. But two of those other interceptions, one was on a Hail Mary, which is never the quarterback's fault. It is when you just got to fucking try it. And the other one was on a deflection. It was on a tip pass by one of his own guys. So it's... I thought he had a phenomenal game for a rookie. His arm is lively. Um... Still, I think 
the best chance he had was to maybe, if you could get through the Jets game with Trubisky, maybe halftime of the Bills game surprise somebody with, you know, a little bit of Kenny Pickett. You're probably already down. He's playing in garbage time. Um, mm-hmm. But he looked – he was the spark plug for this offense, and I, I think with the talent the Steelers have at running back and wide receiver, that's all they can really ask for right now. So okay. I still, so, even though this is a rough three games, I think he's going to win one of them. Steelers at Bills. Is that the one he's going to win, Dan? Oh, where are the picks? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, the Bills team looks really, really, really good. They lost to a Dolphins team because Josh Allen was getting heat stroke like a dog left in a car. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. Yes. I think it's a little bit of a different dynamic. The Bills are better at than the Steelers at everything, and now there is enough film on Pickett that maybe they can, you know, I don't. I don't think you have a full look into what Kenny Pickett or who he is, but you know he's a rookie. They're going to pressure him. They're going to make it a hard day for that guy. Yeah, I like Bills too. Um, it's going to be hard to pick against Buffalo here for a bit. Uh, let's talk about the team that did beat them, the Miami Dolphins, and that Thursday game against Cincinnati. The Bengals won it, twenty-seven to fifteen. We picked it. Uh, it's hard to win on the road Thursday night, um, but also. There was a big reason why, Dan, you were not on Dolphins' side this week. We said it last week that uh, Tua certainly didn't look healthy, and immediately we well we see it in this game in the second quarter. I think it was in a very scary, uh, very scary moment, which we both saw live because we talked about it. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't talk about what secondary concussion syndrome can actually do to you Hmm. it can kill you if you have a concussion right on top of another concussion it is something that can kill you it is uh, second impact syndrome basically if you have a concussion and then you get another concussion in a short frame of time it is basically what kills boxers if that makes sense yeah i've heard no and they kind of people were saying this stuff after this happened too but you're right yeah that's one of the reasons why this protocol keeps people out of games for a while is because if you have a head injury, you're not supposed to have multiple Mogo head injuries right oh, after it. And it's fine. You can have multiple head injuries. Give it some time. You got to yeah. give it some time is the issue. Even that, though, you're not. it's not fine oh, to have multiple head no, injuries. No, no, no. It's, it's bad. But when, we, when you're talking about like, hey, I had a concussion. Here. I had another concussion a year later. You go, okay, that sucks. It's yeah. like, I had a concussion, yeah. I had another concussion a day later. Okay, well, we're not having this conversation because you're fucking dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've passed yeah. away. That's how severe having two concussions back-to-back is. The The worst part about all this, I mean, you know, we can talk about the game and the fact that the Dolphins didn't look sharp. Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good coming on in relief. Um, Cincinnati looked, you know, Cincinnati was able to step on the throat uh, after Tua was officially out. I thought they had a very good fourth quarter. Um but it all comes back to Tua. The fact that they had the temerity to lie to me and say, and mm-hmm. lie to me specifically. I know they lied to everybody <laughs> else, but it, it felt like, dude, I know what the fuck I saw. Like, everybody yeah. knows what the fuck you saw. The fact that the NFLPA and the NFL already fired the independent concussion analyst, you know the motherfucker had a concussion. Don't blame anybody. Everybody was telling you he got a concussion. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see what we saw which is him get hit head hits the ground he gets up can't stand up and tell me that guy had ankle and back injuries yeah and then this next one he literally had fencing response that's fucking brain damage 
Like, do you remember when it happened to Luke Keekley when he just cried uncontrollably? Yes. This was yes. as bad. This was as bad. Watching his fingers curl up in the fencing response. Just awful, man. Yeah. Um, it was brought up by uh, one of the Good Morning Football ex-players. I think it was McCordy who, who does that now. Who was saying, like, if you're a, a, a player, player one of the leaders on the team you got to be like no man you gotta we got a problem this guy right here and call him out i and i was like "Mm, do they is that a big part like do the do the captains of the team go at a player for i mean it's player safety sure but it is also kind of you know hitting that person's pocketbook if you're not on the field if you're not uh, available then there's what's the reason for you you know injuries cost take out people's uh careers and a head injury the a player a captain on the team has no idea how severe one is for a player to pop up to be like no i'm fine i'm fine shake it off i'm fine it so what are your thoughts on that yeah it should be the responsibility of the independent neurological consultant (laughs) fair what the fuck do you have that guy for anyway yeah. He's it's a neutral party. It's supposed to be a neutral party that's like, "Hey, by the way, let's bring that fucking guy in here." And they talk about how setting a baseline for concussions, right? Setting a mm-hmm. concussion baseline. Guys intentionally set it very low so that when they get a concussion, they can go back into the game. Which is a thing that happens in like Texas high school sports, which is insane for like 17-year-olds to be coached or taught or for the fucking, you know, <laughs> What is it? For the culture to be that way for them. That's kind of insane. It shouldn't be on those people, but those people should be going to the coaches and be like, you can't put that fucking guy back in there. You cannot do it. We have Teddy Bridgewater. This is why you have a Teddy Bridgewater, one of the premier backups in the NFL. Let him play. Let him play. We Just give Tua a week off. You know, if you, if you didn't play Tua Thursday and you played him this coming Sunday, do you know who's going to give you trouble about his concussion? Fucking nobody. It's been a week and a half, almost two weeks, man. It is what it is. The fact that he was in that game four days later after concussion syndromes symptoms is unacceptable. It's not on the players. It's on the NFL and the NFLPA. Clear symptoms should have been flagged, never should have gotten back into that game. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I'm pre- uh, so he's already ruled out for week five. Surprise. Uh, Dolphins are going to New York. They're playing the Jets. As I just move through this and keep going, what do you think of that game? Uh, it's Teddy Bridgewater in against the Jets. I mean, I think Teddy is a good quarterback. I think the Dolphins roster is absolutely loaded. I think they've got a really solid defense and a ton of great skill position players. The Jets are still a rebuilding team. I think it's going to be a fun game, but I think the Dolphins should win by at least two scores. Yeah, um... A two and two Jets team. That's pretty cool, but uh, I think Good you're right. Them. They're still they're still building a team around there, and the uh, the Dolphins. I like their defense a whole lot. So on the road, I have the Dolphins as well. And a two um, and three Jets team is not drinking fucking hemlock. They're still excited to be two and three. <laughs> you know, they're sure, like, hey, sure. this isn't bad. It's it's not no. like a, a two and three fucking Bengals team. It's not time to pack it in if they don't. But you know, it's a divisional game. You got to win at home. Let's go Jets. Let's see True. what you can do. But I'm picking the Dolphins. Um, the Sunday night game this week, we can also pick this one. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. This is exciting. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still think the Ravens are a pretty good fucking team. And I still think the, I think the Bengals aren't fully revved up yet. 
You know, even watching this game against Miami, they did not look great in the first half. I'm, it's a tough, tough Miami defense, but they didn't look phenomenal. I think the Ravens desperately need this win, especially after last week and what happened. But I'm going to pick the Bengals on the road. I'm oh, going to pick okay. the Bengals on the road. I'm, I'm a big Ravens fan, but I I just like the matchup. The Bengals were built specifically to take on the Ravens. That's what they were made for. They've got the wide receiver core to really cause problems for the Baltimore secondary, which is very weak right now. You know, Jimmy Smith retired. Uh, you yeah. know, he was not – It's you're not getting more bodies back in Baltimore. So I think just the passing attack of the Cincinnati Bengals is going to cause problems for the Ravens. Yeah, um – it's going to be a fun game uh, in Baltimore. I mean, if anything, from the first four weeks, the Ravens will start super, super fast, and the Bengals will just be slowly shrinking that lead the rest of the second half. <laughs> that's how these teams have played. Um, and so that's what I expect. They run out of time. Yeah. Uh, Bengals will have a lot of momentum there. Do they have enough to catch up? Uh, I'll go opposite you. I'll go Ravens in this one. I like the Ravens just at, uh, still in this division to take it. So I hate picking against game. them. They're a fun team. Yeah. Let's talk about my Vikings win. Uh, you're right. It was a good game. 28-25. We both picked it. This was the London game. Had to get up real early for it. 8.30, drink some coffee with a little extra in there. Um, can, I talk, great... can I talk about something personally real quick? Oh, sure. Fuck the Saints. I texted you about this. <laughs> Alvin Kamara was held out of this game with zero uh, injury designation prior to it. Completely well, fucked. I lost by... 10 points. If I had started anyone else on my bench, I would have crushed the opposing team by 10 points. I know everybody hates talking about somebody else. He should have had at least a questionable, though, because he wasn't practicing. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe take that up with ESPN, too. Because when I saw it, I wasn't super surprised because I was getting reports. Well, the usually week. they'll usually they'll downgrade. They're like, "Yeah, he's you know he's practicing. True. You know he's got a rib issue, but we're in for a game that early in the morning." Yeah, they really the worst part some is, people. I was up and I just didn't check it, I, nah. I, and so I have to beat myself up as well a little bit. But Andy Dalton looked good. Dalton in replacement looked good. Uh, I mean, this that the Saints were in this game is kind of defeating in in my eyes uh, as <laughs> the Vikings fan was because you know no no. Uh, starting quarterback no starting wide receiver no starting running back no starting safety uh i thought there was somebody else i'm still missing but yeah it was a rough one but uh the saints came out there and played i mean a travel game to london is going to be wonky anything can happen uh there was so many chances though i think the vikings had to you know put the foot on the throat like you were saying to to take this take it over but they they kicked field goals and they let it sit there in the second half um it was 13-7 to Vikings at the half. The Saints had the lead. Let's wrap it up at the end there. Was uh, the Vikings taking what could have been a, a four-point lead, miss an extra point, so the Saints decide to kick a 60-yard field goal instead of just maybe going for it on fourth down, continuing that drive. Who's to say what would have changed there? But uh, make a 60-yarder with, with Will Lutz, which is nuts. And then leave enough time for the Vikings to go down and kick themselves a 40-something yarder for about 25-some seconds left. I mean, just like the Vikings, to give up a pass that's far enough uh, <laughs> in the last drive so that they have a shot for a now 61-yarder. Like, you just hit your career longest. Can you do it again? <laughs> just minutes later. And it seemed like his leg was not tired because he kicked it long enough just... The double doink there at the end, um, hitting off the 
upright and then the crossbar. Uh, and that's how the Vikings win their second game in a row. He had is, the leg. He had yeah, the leg. That's what it's been for this uh, Vikings team, which maybe this is just, yeah, universe balancing itself from the junk we lived through last season. It really feels like that so far. Well, can I tell you? You know, we talk about the Pythagorean win formulas every once in a while. Uh, you have traditionally had a lot of trouble with backup quarterbacks, right? Yeah. yeah you lost to have. Cooper Rush. Here's <laughs> here's what I'm saying. Normally, this is, a, this is a fucking writ on your tombstone is, oh, God, we're facing a backup quarterback. But you beat a backup quarterback. I am saying you should think of that more as like an exorcism of the demons. Sure. You know, sure, they had to play it close, but you still beat the backup quarterback uh, on the road in London. That's an improvement. And ain't nobody crying about being three and one, Scott. No, no. You don't. And you don't apologize for wins. You, you, uh, you are what your record says you are. And in the NFC this season, a win against the teams like the Saints and and the Lions and the Packers are going to come up big. I mean, we still have to play those Lions and Packers on their fields here, but even a split is going to be huge when it comes to the end of the NFC. So we'll see. Um, the best they I can like do against you is a split. The best you can do against them is sweeping. That's right. I like where we're at right now. I did not like what happened to our first-round draft pick, Lewisine. Broke his leg in yeah. a kickoff and will not play f- – another snap his rookie year i had to stay back to get his get surgery done on his leg in london like that has to be a very uh lonely and you know just crappy time but he he's back now they say everything's okay uh so we'll the long uh rehab process begins for the kid i think the worst Um, part is the amount of people that are probably like looks like you broke a wicket and, mm. uh, I mean, that's just got to get very tiring after a while for Lewis. I, you know, I hope he doesn't kill anybody over there in England. I'd, I'd certainly slit some throats if, if I think, people I think hopefully like he got out of there without yeah, <laughs> more bloodshed. Um, I did – you brought up the backup quarterback. I, I was uh, called out on it by my buddy who's the Packers fan when I was giving the Packers crap about playing a backup quarterback in their game. Uh, turned into a third stringer, mind you. But I was true, giving yes. them crap about the backup, and he's like, well, it looks like the Vikings are too. And I'm like – Fair enough, fair enough, that's true. Andy, Andy Dalton's Dalton. a little bit better than, you know, Brian Hoyer and uh, Bailey. Is it Zappy? Is it Zap? I think it's Zappy. I think it's Zappy, which we're going to get to uh, in two two games. Um, but the Vikings, yeah, you're right. They Maybe they exercise that demon. They're going to beat some backup quarterbacks now. They're, just, they're not letting those uh, two-minute things ha- happen anymore. They're ending up on the positive side of those, at least, and that's exciting and if it i don't you know know if the it was just bad luck last year or if this like change in personnel and change in culture really does help that sort of thing and i think it i mean if if they believe it does then it does (laughs) that's all it is you gotta remember even if the even if the saints had scored that field goal all they do is tie you know it's not like that was for the win it's that was for the tie like you guys had a good game against them and you know Nothing weird either. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a Kirk Cousins game. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a pretty decent one too. Justin Jefferson looked great. Adam Thielen looked good. Your offense looked the way it was supposed to look, and you scored 28 points. You know, your your offense scores between 24 and 38 points in a game. That feels like a Vikings offense. So that's what we should be doing. I feel pretty good about this game. Yeah, I like where we're at right now. We'll got to keep it going. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the uh, track meet that happened in Detroit where the Seahawks won 48-45. Oof. 
We didn't pick it. Uh, we we both had the Lions in this one. Also, I think this is Scorigami because you don't usually score this much. Geno Smith, uh, 320 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran one in. He's uh, You look at the stats currently, and he's blowing it up for – you brought up QBR earlier in this. I think he's, like, at the top. This is what ESPN is saying, which is <laughs> wild. Um, and Penny had a great game for him, and Metcalf got through four touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Jamal Williams had two on the ground, and uh, Hawkinson had a big old game. Beat me in fantasy. I know that. Explosive. So, uh, yeah, Dan. Uh, Seahawks, Lions, what do you think? I think Aaron Glenn needs to get his resume in order. Uh-oh. <laughs> the the Lions offense, no issues here. They uh, seem to be able to find points. They're finding points. Jared Goff is looking pretty fucking good, making decent decisions. I mean, he's being put in positions uh, to be successful. You know, having players like TJ Hawkinson, uh, there's not a ton of wide receivers out there. I mean, Jamal Williams is fine as a running back coming out of the backfield, but... You know, aside from that, there's not a lot of burners. I mean, that's that's why they drafted the kid out of Alabama. Um, I think Jared Goff's been remarkable this year. I think he's been very, very good. I think he's topping yards, actually, right now. Personally, uh, yeah, he's, for he's NFL, doing right? great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny because you go, I don't generally think of the Lions as an explosive offensive team, but they really did. They had Stafford Megatron for a long time. Um, their defense is just fucking god-awful. And it's it's not talent, it's scheme. They're just yeah. their scheme is so fucking bad, and that has to go to Aaron Glenn. Um, he's got to make some major major changes in the way they're approaching this defense, um, or he's just going to get gashed all year. Um, guys can run on him, guys can throw on him. They, I don't know what kind of coverage, but it's soft. You know, there's like no press man. It's it's zones they don't seem to understand um, that the quarterbacks do and the defense doesn't. That's a bad situation to be in. Uh, on a football team so yeah Aaron Glenn um, I know there was a lot of love for him before the season started there is no love uh, in Motown right now for Aaron Glenn um, it was already 24 to 15 at the half there were so many times in this game that I was like all right I think the Seahawks finally pulled away enough the Lions won't <laughs> they made it one score again look at that um, when there's nine games going on at once and one of them is running up the score like this one it's so hard to keep track of it, but you go back and look at the stats, and dear God, yeah, anybody could do anything in this game. It just was a matter of the defense not making tackles. Um, and that, yeah, it didn't, doesn't look good for you, but also I give it to the Seahawks. A road win. You got two victories already uh, in this young season. You are going to New Orleans, who are coming back from the, the pond and getting a, a real home game, which is big too. I think we brought it up. Superdome is so big of a stadium that making one of your home games be in London there, where I think there's a lot of Vikings fans there were. around there. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even. So <coughs> excuse me. Seahawks at Saints. What's your thoughts on this game? I think the Saints I I the Saints had a good game against you guys. I think they'll get players back. They'll get help back this week. Maybe Alvin fucking Kamara could get off the injury report, or at least <laughs> be out by Friday. Um, more what than if, an hour before um, the game. This was a. It was on some podcast I listened to. But what if the reason Alvin Kamara didn't play is a jurisdictional problem? Isn't he having some legal issues, and maybe he can't leave the country currently? Oh, he can leave. The, he traveled with him. <laughs> He traveled. He was there. Okay. As long yeah, as he traveled, there. he just didn't suit up. Um, 
Yeah, I I think the Saints are a pretty good team. I, I, the Seahawks confused the shit out of me, to be honest with you. I did not expect them to do this well against the Lions. They are two and two, but you know, I still think the Saints are better at one and three. I think the Saints get even with them, and uh, both teams are two and three at the end of this weekend. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these teams is a surprise, and they're going to be a a wild card this year. They're going to be around in the playoffs, but. Right now, I don't have a lot of faith in either one. I'm going to take the Saints at home. Like you said, I assume they're going to get healthier, and with better players on the field, they'll they'll play a little better. Let's talk about the Patriots-Packers game with a Bailey Zappi. Um, Hoyer goes out early in this one with a head injury, uh, like the not like the Dolphins. He couldn't come back. Hoyer left the field, and he he was done. Um, this one goes to overtime. Rodgers two touchdowns, but he had an interception. Um, Aaron Jones and Al Lazard with big games. But this game was 10-7 Patriots at the half, and it was back and forth, and then it took all of overtime for the Packers to win it on the last second field goal. You talk about not feeling great about the Vikings, you know, basically going to the mattresses with a backup quarterback. How shitty do you feel as a Packers fan watching this? Yeah, it was it's a surprise. Bad. I, so watching it, I, the Packers' offense now comes to me as one of those that has to be on schedule, an on-schedule offense now. It's not like the past few years where Rodgers had those weapons and those wide receivers that he was just on the right page with and could just, I'm going to throw the ball at your back and you're going to turn around and it's going to be right there. Um, now, and Alan Lazard had a great game and, and Aaron Jones is a, good talent they use them well but for some reason it was like there's those drives where it was like nope they're doing nothing this drive give it back to new england and and maybe they weren't worried enough of the patriots and what they were doing but and the patriots defense i don't want to take anything away from them patriots defense is very good but i think the packers offense this year has to be an on schedule type offense which i've seen the vikings do in many many years previous well i mean rogers has always been very used to a little backyard football, you know, a little improvisation. And it seems like every time he does that, his wide receiver core is fucking confused. Mm-hmm. So I I think you're right. That's actually, I like that observation is everything's on time, everything's on schedule. Um, it feels a little restrictive of Aaron Rodgers' abilities um, to do that, but I, I think this is the way your team gets better. You know, the the Packers are still 3-1. and one. You know, and the New England Patriots are one and three. They this is the way the game should have gone. Uh, but also, you gotta love the fact that Aaron Rodgers threw a pass out of bounds and Bill Belichick drop kicked that shit into the stands. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. It's a fucking phenomenal little gift where he's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like Bill Belichick's in his sixties. He fucking whipped that thing. Belichick never felt like he was enjoying his time there in Green Bay. No. That whole game, he's just he's arguing about something, screaming about something else. It was like, oh, he's upset about the, the play clock. They they, they they reset the play clock for Green Bay. And I was like, he's going to have an aneurysm about them resetting five extra seconds for the Packers here? So it was, I mean, they did what they could. And the Patriots, well, they've got an interesting one coming up. They're at home with the Lions coming to town. I, I Is Bailey Zappi quarterback this week? Has Hoyer cleared protocol yet? I don't think so. I mean, I thought Zappi actually comported himself pretty well. I don't see why you'd rush Hoyer back. Um, maybe rush him back to a 
backup position, you know, or have somebody active in the game. I mean, you know, Mac Jones ain't ain't coming back anytime soon, so makes sense. Dabba didn't turn the ball over, and that's what you need. You need a game manager if you're going to have good enough defense. Look good. Rookie look good. This is a uh, Patriots game in their throwbacks this week, or so it's scheduled. Lions at Patriots, though. Who are you going to pick, Dan? I am going to pick the Lions because I know something about hatred. <laughs> Deep inside my heart lives the burning rage of a thousand lunatics. It comes out from time to time when I watch a football game and the Dallas Cowboys play, perhaps the Washington fuck knuckles. <laughs> I don't think I possess a hatred deeper than any Detroit Lions player has for Matt Patricia. Oh, that the is The opportunity a good point. to donkey fuck that moron. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the best game. I mean, Aaron Glenn's getting a lot of heat. But if that defense doesn't come out here and absolutely squash Matt Patricia's what-the-fuck-are-we-doing-Patriots offense, I will be shocked. I am taking yeah. Lions all the way as an absolute revenge game. A legit revenge game. You know every defensive player on that team hates Patricia's guts. Mm, yeah. I'm going to take Lions, too. I don't think it's going to be as uh, simple as that. I think the Patriots have a have a chance to win this one, and you know, especially being at home. And Detroit's had this, this tough stuff. I think they're... We, I brought it up last week when they lost to the the Vikings. It's like the Lions are still trying to learn to win these close games, these tight ones. Uh, go get the wins that are there for them at the end. Uh, so we'll see them, but I'm picking them too. I'm picking the Lions to win this one. Let's take a break, Dan. When we return, we got some two-minute no offense. We got all the other games from week four, and I'm going to let you know if any more of these have new helmets for next week. You're going to want to stay tuned. This is the push-off. Thanks, everybody, for sticking right there. We are back from our break, which means it's time for the ever-famous two-minute no offense. Because no offense. But maybe you're stuck in this section of the show because your offense is incapable of scoring any fucking points whatsoever. Maybe you look like you're playing as a high school team and you should be running the wing <laughs> tee rather than throwing the ball like a professional adult NFL football player. Oof, oof, oof. He ne- doesn't hold back, folks. Set the timer. I got four games for us. And I have it 15 minutes. We don't need that much time. Uh, ready, but go. All right, we're going to take uh, the Giants with their win over the Bears. They uh, Those those throwbacks looked nice. And uh, it was Herbert Badgley with four field goals in this one. But Daniel Jones still can run in touchdowns, and Barkley looks awesome. Barkley is back. Justin yeah. Fields looks fucking terrible, and Daniel Jones doesn't throw the football anymore. But that's okay, because he still runs the shit out of it, and so does Saquon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nobody threw the ball in that game. Um, the Chargers beat the Texans 34-24. to Chargers were running away with it, then they took their foot off the gas, and were like, oh my god, is this going to happen again? Luckily for the Chargers, it didn't. They win. Slice the throat, Chargers. Slice mm. the throat. 27-7 to 7 should be more than enough to put away the Texans. This game never should have been this close. And Houston still hasn't won a game all season. 
Yeah. Uh, your Cowboys with a big win at home over the Commanders, 25 to 10. This used to be Cowboys and Indians. Now it's Commanders and Cowboys. It your thoughts? no fucking sense. I hate the Washington Commanders. I mean, I just hate how unoriginal and fucking stupid they are. <laughs> this is literally the unoriginal, stupid fucking team that brought in Carson Wentz to be unoriginal and fucking stupid. Like, everything <laughs> makes sense. That guy sucks. I love beating Carson Wentz. I was mad that we didn't get more sacks, which we should have, but he was a little shifty. Um, still, 10 points out of Carson Wentz. That's just not enough, dude. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Washington's headed for a, a bad season. And then finally, I have the Cardinals beating the Panthers 26-16. to This was in Carolina. Panthers had a lead at a moment, but Cardinals with a strong second half. Yeah, and uh, man, they've got to make some changes at the quarterback position in Carolina. I mean... Mm. All Baker had to do was not be this shitty, and everybody would be like, ah, how dare you leave him for Deshaun. At this point, Deshaun could sexually assault someone on the field, and everybody would be like, yeah, I see why they made the change. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, no. the, that's the timer. That's the time. That's the time. Um, we got a couple games we can talk about then for next week. <clears throat> Excuse me. The New York Giants. <clears throat> Excuse me. The New York Giants to Green Bay, but not to Green Bay. To London, dear friend, to play the Green Bay Packers. That is the New York football giants and the Green Bay Packers. Dan, who do you pick for our 8.30 London game this week? I am absolutely picking the Packers because, like I said, I know rage. And the second Aaron Rodgers hears the phrase, Would you like a lolly? He's going (laughs) to absolutely go Super Saiyan and fucking nuke this Giants team. So I'm going to pick the Packers on the road, technically, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm picking them to beat the Giants. Giants look good in the run game, but there's no balance to that offense. Daniel Jones, they're going to move on from him. Technically, Packers at home, but unless the, the oh, yeah. definition of technically. Um, yeah, Packers should have a better uh, team than the Giants here to win this one and uh, jump ahead of them. Um it, I mean, it's a travel one. It's weird. It's the very first time I think the Packers have played a it London is. game. So. They are the last team to visit uh, across the pond. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they won't know how to how to change with the clock time. So anything could happen in these games, what I'm True. saying. But I, I believe the Packers will win. We also have the Chicago Bears coming to Minnesota. They're playing my Vikings this week. Dan. As long as you guys, I mean, you literally don't have to start any players in the secondary because there's no passing you need to worry about. You don't have to defend anything beyond about six yards. The Bears have not looked sharp this season. You guys have. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I'm interested to see what we do because we've been sitting in shell offenses that allow the quarterback to throw open to guys in the middle of the field. We don't want to get beat too much on the run game and then things like that. But now you can kind of stack the box with the run, just stop Herbert. But it it comes to, like, we haven't had a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, and the Bears obviously just give it up. I mean, five sacks this last week for the Giants on the Bears. Their mm-hmm. offensive line is, is putting uh, fields through hell. So we should be able to, yeah, put them down – quite a few times and if you can do that then the defensive woes that the vikings have had just disappear so i'm very interested to see if this pass rush can show up if daniel hunter can look more like a daniel hunter he has in the past seasons i'm taking my vikings at home i got to skull let's do this (laughs) um browns falcons uh fun game 
but it's Browns Falcons, so it is in the second half of our show. Uh, Falcons win this one, twenty-three to twenty. In fact, I think they have a win streak. So give it up for the Atlanta Falcons. Rise up, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, in this one, no Brissette. one, no one actually said. That. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brissett interception and a running touchdown. Chubb had a good game, but this was a very tight game all the way through. 10 off the half, 20 all with about seven minutes left. And then um, Koo hit the go-ahead field goal with still two and a half minutes left in this one. But an interception seals it. This this is not a good showing by the Browns. I I know Miles Garrett, you know, didn't play in this game. Um but at the same time, you've got to be able to put together a better showing than 20 points against the fucking Falcons. And the Falcons with an injured Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. You know, Cordero Patterson's on injured reserve now. They basically yeah, missed him for early. an entire half yeah. of the game. You cannot lose this fucking game. You can't do it. You can't be on the road with the talent that you've got in Cleveland and lose this fucking game to the Falcons. A 2-2 two and two Cleveland Browns is where I thought they'd be at this point in the season, but they lost the people I never thought they'd lose to. <laughs> yeah. That's the weird thing. It's like two and two. I'm like, oh, that's not a huge surprise. I'm like, but how you got the two and the two is a fucking wild. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think they're, you're right. They're, they should, Browns don't seem to be sitting in a good spot. The Falcons, big win, but these are these are tight ones and you, and you need some luck. So I'm not all, all of a sudden believing that the Falcons are amazing. And, um, Arthur Smith can yell at me about that. And I think that's this whole thing in this press conference is like, guess writing us off. Just keep writing us off. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I still am. Um, you should throw but, to Kyle Pitts more. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Get Kyle Pitts going a little bit more. Um, the Browns have the chargers coming to Cleveland this week in an AFC tilt at noon. What do you like on that one, Dan? I felt like the Texans game was a bit of a trap game for them, even though the Chargers haven't exactly been on it all year. But right. they have to come in and they have to beat the Browns solidly. You know, this is a good enough Browns team that can give them trouble if they don't pay attention. So I, I see them taking care of business even on the road against the Browns. Yeah, I, I'm i now thinking after that game uh, in Atlanta, the Browns have more problems than I thought they did. So I like the Chargers on the road here. Um the, yeah, this is where we're, if you want to be one of the good teams in the AFC, I'm looking at you, Chargers. I think you you do want to this year. Got to win these games, even if they are on the road. Um, I want to talk about the Titans winning in Indy. Dan picked this one over me, too. 24-17. Tannehill, two touchdowns. He got Henry going. 147 total yards. Uh, and then Matt Ryan, though, on the other side of the ball, 356 yards. So he can still throw it around. Two touchdowns and a pick. Got both the touchdowns to Mo Alley Cox. Uh, but the Titans, who put up 24 points in the first half, just held on. Colts only did do one touchdown in the second half. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with the high angle sprain. That was a big loss. Huge. Um, Jonathan Taylor still carried 20 times, though, had less than three yards per carry. Yeah. Hilariously, the Titans <laughs> yeah, actually followed. Down. They followed the defensive game plan people usually use against the Titans, which is take away the running back and watch this quarterback not be able to get it done. Um, the Colts are in trouble at one, two, and one. They're not in the worst trouble because they're in the AFC South, which is currently dog shit. Um, mm. But they've got. I mean, Matt Ryan looked okay in this game, 
but he's going to need a lot of help from that offensive line, which seems to have taken some huge steps back. I like I don't know who their offensive line coach is. I don't know if it's changed. Um, I got to look into that. But their offensive line play is much much worse than it's been the past three years. Uh, yeah, that's not good. The uh, you're right. I'm I was surprised here. The Titans. You had them pick winning this game on the road. The Colts. You're right. The injuries are compiling now, though. I mean, there's going to be more and more. Uh, Titans, though, they had an injury to T- Traylon Burks, their rookie. He's going to miss some time with a turf toe injury. But the high ankle sprain for Taylor is even bigger, and we'll see what type of offense they are from here. Um, like you said, Shaq Lawson's still not back. Or no, yeah. Um, yeah, he's still not healthy, and he's not going to be for this Thursday game on a short week. So good luck, Colts. Um, there, but you're right. They're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. The uh, – Titans, maybe they aren't. Maybe the Titans will just turn this thing around again as I was ready to believe that the Titans weren't the best in this division last year, and then they proved me wrong. So that's maybe what's going to happen here because they go on the road. They're playing the Commanders this week, Dan. Yeah, what do you that's, think? That's a lucky haul for them. Um, you can run on Washington. That's what we found out. You can mm-hmm. really, really run on Washington, and Derrick Henry can run on anybody. So he's really going to be able to run on Washington. Um, I think this is absolutely a Titans win. I think Washington goes 1-4 and four to start the season. And Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. I don't think he makes it through the, the second half of the year. Carson Wentz is just keeping getting co- coaches fired. Except, you know, uh, in the Colts' uh, position there, that might have happened a, a, a season later. We'll see yeah. what's going on with it's Frank Reich. Same offensive line coach. It's Chris Strausser. I, so I don't know what the fuck is going on in, in Indy's offensive line, but it looks bad. Did they lose personnel in places, maybe? No, I mean, the, their personnel's been a little injured, but who isn't? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's enough players on the Colts' offensive line. It's It's just been bad. I'm taking Titans on the road, too, if I didn't already say it on the mic. I'm taking that as well. we got just a few more games here from week... Uh, Four, uh, we're going to get through them so we can give you all of our picks for week five. I want to talk the ASC West matchup, the Broncos-Raiders, where the Raiders will get their first win of the season, 32-23 to over the Broncos. Um, Russell Wilson had three total touchdowns in this one, but on the other side of the ball, it was Jacobs and Adams getting things going, Carlson four field goals, tight game at halftime, 16-19. to It's just the uh, Raiders took over in the second half. And you want to talk injuries, Jamal or uh, it's Williams. What's his first? I'm not. It's not Jamal. What is it? Uh, um, what are we talking about? The Broncos running back. Oh, Javante. Javante Williams. Thank you. I had Jay Williams here, and I'm like, I'm blanking here. Javante Williams, really bad injury. Torres ACL, LCL, and posterior lateral corner on his knee, and that's going to be a long, long time till he's ready to return. And he was a big weapon for the offense of the Broncos this year. The worst part about that is he came into this week with a strain of those ligaments. Oh, God. Which means he aggravated it and popped him. So that's a huge problem for Javante Williams. Um, You know, if you... Oh, I mean, you just feel for the kid. It's a a huge opportunity for Melvin Gordon to put his career back together, but also who really puts their career back together when they're like 29 years old as a running back. So Well, and didn't Melvin Gordon have just an awful game in this one too with fumbles? He, did. So he, he looked like bad. walked away from the podium in the pro- press conference cuz he was 
he hated out his game so much in this one. It's uh, one guy you might want to pick up in fantasy, which might be hurting my chances getting him or whatever. It's Mike, Mike Boone. Boone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was an old Vikings uh, backup oh, I remember. running back. I remember Mike Boone from the Vikings. He had a couple of preseason flashes, and uh, obviously the uh, front office guy, Patton, is over there in, in Denver now. That's why you see that Mike Boone is over there. So, yeah, maybe the Broncos pick him up. But uh, what we have here is, well – I don't want to move from this game real fast because we haven't even talked about the Raiders, but you know, yeah, the Raiders kind of, they had a much better second half in this one. What did you thought of this game, Dan? Um, Yeah, I, I have been very unimpressed with the Raiders. I continue to be unimpressed with the Raiders. You know, Josh McDaniels is supposed to be this offensive guru, and I, I didn't see an offense that was anything other than pound the rock. You know, mm-hmm. he hasn't put Derek Carr in creative positions. He hasn't made the offense easier for Derek Carr and the wide receivers. So I, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders this year. I know it's a good win, and I maybe have less faith in Nathaniel Hackett as a coach. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see the Raiders going anywhere either. I think this was this was a fight for third place in the division. Yeah. you uh, We both picked the Raiders in this game, so we're not surprised by the outcome as much. But, yeah, you're right, it's – more or less like, well, we think Hackett has some growing to do at, at head coach and the Broncos need to fix some things and the Raiders are at home and it's just a nice fit. I don't think the Raiders are as bad as all the record is of this one and three. They'll probably turn it to a 7-8 win team this year. They'll be respectable, um, but they were supposed to be explosive. You know, right. this, the defense was supposed to be maybe problematic getting good pressure, especially with Chandler Jones and, uh, and Max, you know, doing their thing, but... Uh, yeah, I just I have not I have not been impressed. It should be a, a Crosby and fucking uh, and Jones week yeah, every week. And they should just have not a there. better defense. They're you're right. Uh, Carr should be putting up better stats that he has to start the season, and they haven't. But we're talking like they lost. They haven't. They won this one. They will see what they do. It uh, leads us to talk about a very banged up quick game this week in Thursday night. The Indianapolis Colts go to Denver to play the Broncos. It's the horse matchup. It's it's for uh, you know that golden horseshoe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Dan? In this Thursday night one, I think uh, the Colts are leaving this Mile High Stadium as glue. Um, <laughs> as much as I, as much as I don't love, I, here's the thing. As much as I don't trust Nathaniel Hackett, I do trust the passage of time and Thursdays at home on a short week. With injuries, I'm go- I'm gonna give it to the Denver Broncos. It's just yeah. it's just so much easier to do what they're doing, staying home, facing a Colts team that's got to come into Mile High. You know that's a tough that's a tough call anytime, especially on three days rest. You would to uh, Russell Wilson to show up and have himself an okay looking game in prime time on a Thursday in Mile High. Yeah, I like the Broncos to take this one as well. It, like we said, short week. You, you lean towards the home team in these ones. You, we should be. Uh, and also, if talk, you told me yeah. about this this matchup beginning of the season, I would have been thrilled. I'd be like, oh, can't wait for week five. What a what a fucking Thursday night we got. Now I'm a little nonplussed. Yeah, now it's like, well, I'll, I'll turn it on. I'll, I'll take a look at it uh, in the second quarter and see where we're at. No, um, the Chiefs and Buccaneers, this is the next game I want to talk about. Sunday night matchup. We finally had some points. Oh, boy. 41 to 31. Um, Mahomes, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, 
two to Edwards Elaire. Well, one run in, one thrown. Uh, the throwing one was just ridiculous. Mahomes oh. running around. Ludicrous. That's what he wanted to do uh, in his championship games when he was just racing around at the goal line. But it worked today. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Brady had 385 passing yards and three touchdowns. Tampa Tampa Bay ran the ball six times and had 52 pass attempts. And Tom Brady's how old again? 45,000 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Just like they want to see the guy's arm come off. I know he's got a rotator cuff injury. You're kidding. He's, Why? No, shocked. <laughs> shocked. And he's getting divorced. That's how bad uh, Andy Reid beat this guy. Yeah, I'm hearing his rumors today. Yep. Uh, huge, yeah, big win for the Chiefs. They they all wore their uh, the same uniform combo as the Super Bowl from two years past. What's your thoughts on this game, Dan? I think Tom Brady would rather get sacked than be yelled at in Portuguese. That's <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm coming to. I thought I thought the Chiefs came out and really were on fire. I, the Chiefs should have two Super Bowl rings. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for the fact that both of their starting offensive tackles died before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay was able to get that crazy pressure. Pat Mahomes was Pat Mahomes in this game. Like yep. we you know we we love talking about, you know, oh, is Justin Herbert going to make that next leap? Oh, Josh Allen. Oh, look how fucking cool Josh Allen looks. And then you go, "Oh, right. Patrick Mahomes is maybe the best quarterback in the NFL and has been for 3 years." Mhm. Yeah. Games like this remind you, especially on primetime, he looked phenomenal. He looked like the Pat Mahomes that we all fell in love with. Creative, interesting, absolute cannon for an arm. This is a game the Chiefs needed. I know they're 3-1. and one. I know they're top of that division. I know the division's not looking as good as it was supposed to be. But Tampa Bay is a team you've got history with, and they took care of fucking business yeah. at Tampa Bay. You know, with Tampa Bay having all this love for the, you know, hurricanes going on, um, they they fucking absolutely took care of business. You got to appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. And it seems maybe hyperbolic to say it was a needed game for the Chiefs, but the more you think of it, it was because they lost a lot the week prior on the road too, and then you go on the road to Tampa. Last year, I think they started 2-2, two and two, but uh, there's no guarantee that this division's going to let them start slow. So... Yeah, that the Chiefs won this one and won in handling fashion in prime time. It, it got, there's a warning shot to the NFL that oh, the Chiefs are going to be really good again. Everybody, get ready. Um, and the Buccaneers, uh, they are getting they got a little more healthy this game. Obviously, they were able to put the points on the board that they were missing the last two weeks because of all the injuries to Godwin and the injuries to. Yeah, Julio Jones back in this one, and geez, Mike Evans had two touchdowns, so he can't get suspended. He's a big part of this offense, apparently. Yep. What do you think with their chances uh, with the Falcons coming to town this week, Dan? I think they're better than the Falcons. Um, I think their defense will take care of the Falcons' offense. I think this will still be a tight game, um, but also Tom Brady does really, really well when his life's in turmoil, <laughs> so... I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty sound Tampa Bay victory, and Tampa Bay is going to retake uh, the pole position in the NFC South. I'm going to give you one more chance to give me that answer. What I is going to happen? I think the Buccaneers are going to fire the cannons, my hey. first of the year. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for this, everybody. Uh, I'm with you. Firing cannons, uh, Tampa at home. Atlanta's uh, win streak comes to an end there with two games. And uh, Buccaneers will win that one. I still think Tampa's 
heading to a, a postseason, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I have, uh, I've really been negative on Tampa all year, haven't I? You I, have I been. just realized that I, I, this is the first time I've fired the cannons. Yeah, we got to get where he's, he's firing cannons, folks. Um, the Chiefs, Monday night, Chiefs are still on prime time. They got the Raiders coming to them. What do we think of this one? A rough time for the Raiders to come off their first win is <laughs> is to go and run right into this absolutely rolling Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs play a tight one, again, because it's a division game and you never know, um, but there's just too much talent on this Chiefs team. They're not missing any pieces. Barring major injury, should be a two-possession win. Yeah, so I wanted to say that too, like the divisional thing, and you think back, like, man, the Raiders always play the Chiefs very good, especially in Kansas City. For some reason, it's just always in those games. So I wouldn't be surprised if on Monday night we noticed that, but the way the seasons began for the Raiders and the way it's began for the Chiefs are pretty opposite. So I'm going to go Chiefs just making sense that the uh, what has happened will continue. Um, an object in motion stays in motion, you know, all that. Oh, uh, let's let's move on. That's the thermodynamics, two, baby. That's right. Two more games I have left from last week. The Eagles... Continuing their hot streak, they are still undefeated. They are the only undefeated team in this league. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I hear the sigh. They beat the Jaguars 21-29. Jaguars, you fucking idiots. 14 to nothing lead for the Jaguars, mm. and they squandered it. They pissed it away down their leg. Uh, 20 points in the second quarter. Not appropriate. Um, the Eagles are good, man. I mean, I haven't argued it all year. I, I'm not saying the Eagles are bad. I'm just saying I hate them. You know, it's like, uh, you know, how people feel about the monkeys. You know, if you're a Beatles fan, you're like, they're not terrible. I just hate them. I hate the fact (laughs) that they exist. I wish they didn't. Um, You know, there's a bunch of talented people that I wish could play elsewhere. But, yeah, I mean, they look good. Jalen Hurts didn't have a great game, so it feels a little bit like it's coming back down to earth for him. Um, But still, the Eagles' offense is competent. It's good. They're running a lot. Jalen Hurts is a problem on the ground. You know, especially with Miles Sanders getting as productive as he got, and yeah, then that game. I know Devonta Smith didn't have a great game, but the fact that AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are both on the field—what a goddamn problem for every secondary you run into! This Jaguars team is not terrible, um, but goddamn, it's it's tough to play the Eagles. It's tough to play them the way the offense is put together. So uh, you know, little love. There's no moral victory here for the Jaguars, especially after squandering that lead. But uh, two and two in the AFC South, that's, that's still a not a bad position for them. Um, it, was a, it was a rainy game, and maybe that brought things down for the Eagles, who's to say. Uh, but uh, you're right, the Jaguars having that two-touchdown lead was just unfortunate that they couldn't hold on to it. Um, also, weirdly, but got to say it, that the Eagles fans did not uh, shit on Doug Peterson. Maybe you just win him the Super Bowl and it'll be nice to you. But a standing ovation for the guy as he returned. Um, interesting too, just to have a statue out front of you in the stadium and then come and coach a opposing team, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the future against them. But, uh, still, uh, they Jaguars maybe will be a force to be reckoned with this season. No, No, the Jaguars will be a tough team, but I don't think of them as a force to be reckoned with. I think of them as a, this is exactly where, if you're a Jaguars fan, you want the Jaguars to be. You want them to be competitive in every game, lose a couple tough ones here that you probably should win. Um, 
you know, give up a tough lead. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great. But at the same time, they're 2-2 two and two right? after basically being the worst team in the NFL for two straight seasons. Or sorry, almost three straight seasons. They equaled or doubled their win total last year? Wasn't it uh, just two? I think they equal? just got two, so they equaled it. So there you go, Jaguars, yeah. Baby steps. As, lo- uh, as long as they don't lose the next 13 fucking games, they shouldn't be okay. Well, what's going to happen this week when the Texans come to town? It is Texans at Jaguars. I, this is going to be a bit of a surprise. Oh. I'm actually going to take the Texans. Oh, okay. So you, you knew maybe what was going on, why you're not so high on the Jaguars. Why this? Well, I think the Texans have not been anemic this whole year. I think Brandon Cooks has been okay. Um, I, I've actually been really surprised with the effectiveness of their running game. Uh, well, Damian Pierce in, showed up. Yeah, Damian Pierce finally. Yeah, he's been really pretty good. So, you know, I feel like the Jaguars have not been super focused, and I think a couple gut punches from a uh, a Texans team that really badly needs a win brings them back down to earth, and it kind of rebalances the AFC South again. Uh, I'm going to go Jaguars then against you. I like the Jaguars at home in this one. Uh, I think so far they're... Their defense has shown up better than the Texans have, really. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. I oh, let's talk about the Eagles at Arizona Cardinals. The uh, Cardinals will be wearing their black alternate helmets in this one. <sighs> I really don't want to pick the Eagles. I really don't, and so I won't. Cause fuck them. I don't believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I really don't. But there's. There's enough there that especially, ah, fuck, I can't even convince myself to do it. I'm picking the Eagles entirely, uh, sorry, I'm picking the Cardinals entirely out of spite against (laughs) the Eagles. The Eagles are a better team than the Cardinals, but do me a fucking favor, Kyler Murray, after embarrassing the Cowboys last year. Could you win a fucking game against the goddamn (laughs) Eagles, please? You did last week, you took the Jaguars in that one, but you you told us that it wasn't... Yeah, straight out of out and of it, just spite. It wasn't. This it one wasn't. is. This, this one, one is, is purely spite. This is a purely <laughs> spite pick. Uh, I actually thought the Jaguars had a chance. I mean, it's a one possession game. I you know I wasn't wrong about the chance. I was just you know wrong about that. This one's in Arizona. Yeah. I feel like the Cardinals have a even better chance than the Jaguars did in, in my eyes. But I'm not taking them. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles on the road in that one. But I think it's going to be a good game. I don't know. I, the Cardinals are still a mystery to me. They, they really are. That's the tough yeah. thing, man. I don't know what the fuck they are. I know what the Eagles are, and they're good. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals are, but I'm, I'm picking them because I have to, morally. And then finally, Dan, I'm tacking on the Monday night game here at the end of our show. 24-9. to 9, The 49ers win this, and with it, you beat me in picks. Well, you stay ahead of me in picks. We split mm-hmm. this week. But you beat me in that game, so... Uh, Stafford, oof, rough game. The interception for a pick yeah. six was his stats in this one. Cooper Cup had 14 catches again, 122 yards. Um, but <clears throat> it was Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, you know, it was the Niners kind of going back to what they did to have success last year, which was run it, <clears throat> get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands, and uh, have their defense kick butt, and that's what they did. Do you think Debo Samuel is mad that Jimmy Garoppolo gets credit for his passing yards? <laughs> like, I, if, I'd be furious if I was Debo. I'd be like, you did not throw for 240 yards. You, motherfucker, threw for like 100 yards. Jimmy and I took care of the money. other 140. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Debo, you know, Debo's taken care of now. I mean, you know, Debo's got that money, and I don't think he's as mad. But he looked good. This, this looked like 
And this is the reason why I picked it. This looks like the San Francisco offense that did well enough last year to make them as competitive as they were. Yeah. So I, I think this is back to normal. Them as two and two is a real tough division um, out in the NFC West. I don't think it's a good one, but it is a tough one. Um, and there's four teams alive. I did not think that I would be able to say that about the Seahawks, but there's four teams alive in the NFC West that all look equivalent talent-wise. Yeah, this one was the one that brought me down on the Rams the most. I thought they... And then you're on the road and it's a divisional game, but I thought you'd show up a little bit better than this. It couldn't get in the end zone at all. Uh, the closest it was, though, was 9-14 to into the fourth quarter, so it was a tight game before the Niners pulled away. But the stats are Jimmy G is now 7-1 and his career versus the Rams, and the Rams have been outscored 44-3 to in the fourth quarter in this season. Yeah, not uh, not strong. Not a strong performance by these, uh, the Super Bowl champion Rams. But this happens, man. I mean, it, it happens to the Bengals. The Bengals should be 3-1, and one, but they're not. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they're, they got a Super Bowl ring, and that weighs you down, man. <laughs> so I, I don't see them repeating this year. I, as you know, I'm not high on the Rams this year and haven't been all year. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of what I expected against a really, really tough 49ers defense. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just interested to see, to see where they go from here. Both teams. Uh, I've got your lineup for next week. Your Dallas Cowboys have the Rams in L.A. And this one, I think this is one of the tougher ones for me to pick next week. Uh, I believe they came out and said that Dak is not going to be rushed back. They, Jimmy Jones on a radio show said that, yeah, Cooper Cup will be starting this week. As well he should. There's no reason to rush Dak back. I also think the Cowboys are going to win this game on the road because defense fucking travels. And if the 49ers defense was able to do this to Matt Stafford, I think the Cowboys defense can get even more pressure. Um, I, I, yeah, I think the Rams are uh, going to go two and three. I think the Cowboys are going to go four and one shockingly to start the season. Yeah. This one, like I said, this is a coin flip for me. I'm going to just going to go home team and pick your, the Rams. Sorry, Dan. I don't, I'm not as, confident in them as I was I had the Rams as one of the top teams in the NFC but I feel like what I've seen from the first four weeks it's it's a little more sobering but uh can the Cowboys keep this going with the Cooper Rush excitement we'll see I'll take I'll take Rams on the road here just trying to catch up with you on the picks one more game for next week the 49ers on the road to Carolina they're playing the Panthers this is tough you got to go all the way across the country but I just said it. Defense travels, man. This is going to mm-hmm. be a tougher game than you want it to be, but I think uh, I, I think Carolina is going to lose this game. I think Matt Rule is going to have himself a meeting uh, on Monday or Tuesday, and he might be out of a job. Yeah, it's not a good start for the Panthers if they do lose this one. Um, <clears throat> you're right. The Niners' uh, road games might be their Achilles heel this year. We'll see. It's it's early to, to tell, but this is a it is a tough travel for them. <clears throat> I gotta stop it in my throat, so I'm losing this stuff. I like the Niners in this one as well, Dan. Picks from last week have us split again, so you are still two ahead of me at 37 correct for the season. I am at 35, so we're 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 meddling there. We had a yeah, much better right. week this last week than we, we did, did maybe week three. <clears throat> we did. We split them pretty much down the middle. I mean, as you know, I take some pretty aggressive picks here and there. You did. You took some aggressive picks this last week. Um, but then you got some other ones that, yeah, worked out for you. So 
we got a yeah. I feel like this this week was kind of a settling. We got an idea of where where the, the season's going from here now, maybe, and we're gonna get even better on these picks for you guys. So starting to make sense to us. We're starting to feel it. Yeah. So stick it right here. Follow us all season long. We're gonna give you some some great fun and some great little tidbits. I'll, I'll tell you when all the new helmets are coming along. I promise, if I can remember. Um, all right, Dan. Uh, that's our show for this week. Let's do some crazy stats, please. I've got a few. Cooper Cup now has 46 catches for the season. The rest of the Rams wide receivers have 26 combined. Uh, yes, I could tell that from the film. <laughs> it's pretty heavy on one guy there. Uh, maybe regard him. And Matt Stafford threw his 28th career pick six. That is the third most since 1970. Yeah, and uh, he's supposed to be good. But, man, that he really does love throwing those pick sixes, man. Yeah. The third most all-time as quarterbacks that the stat was started following was 1970. That's, he, he tied Namath for it. Um, oh, and now here we go. Tom Brady is facing his only uh, is facing only his second-ever three-game losing streak, if it so happens this week. He has never... Only other time he has lost more than two games in a row was back in 2002, and that's it in his career. Should have stayed home and fucked your model wife, buddy. It's, uh, it's going to be a long season in Tampa Bay. And then uh, finally, here we go. The last stat I have is the Lions are leading the league with an average of 35.0 points per game through four weeks. But they are also averaging the most given up with an average of 35.3. It is a total of 281 points. I mean, you get your money's worth when you go to a Detroit Lions game this year. You got to say that at least. It's it's a real track meet out there. It's flying around, yeah. Uh, okay, that's my crazy stats we have for this week. Uh, that's our show, Dan. Why don't you wrap it up with some parting words of wisdom? The NFL is a real cutthroat business, and we learned today that our good friend and sleeper pick Andy Isabella, former second round draft pick, has been released by the Arizona Cardinals who are not exactly a world-beater team. So the guy couldn't get on the field at a middling team. So what does that mean for his future? It means that Bill Belichick will once again have the whitest wide receiver in the league (laughs) join him in New England. I am predicting it here. Andy Isabella already signed by the New England Patriots by the time this episode comes out. Um, That is a stone-cold lock. That motherfucker is in New England right now, uh, sipping a coffee, Dunkin' Donuts, and about... 4,000 dudes named Mac that live in Southie <laughs> just bought his jersey. So it the prophecy has come to pass. Andy Isabella of UMass returns back to Massachusetts to play for the fucking Pats. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. All right, well, uh, as this uh, uh, episode airs here next week, we'll take a look see if it happened. But thank you guys so much for listening all the way through and uh, joining us for another week. We will see you in the next one. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Have yourself a great weekend. Goodbye.